and worship you. We pray, we petition and we pray for our friends in East Palestine. We pray for your promise that you are greater than anything that's there. We pray for our friends in Turkey. We thank you again for the promise that light is greater than darkness. We thank you for your glory. We thank you for our youth and our kids and that we get to worship with some of them today. We thank you for the promise of baptism that you give us. We thank you for the promise that you are enough and that you love us and that you have rescued us. We thank you that we get to gather in your name and worship. We thank you that even though man tries to lift up man, that you have shown in this week that you are not finished with this nation, you are not finished with this generation, and that you will be glorified mightily. We praise you for that. Now just unite our hearts, make our worship be a sweet sound to your throne. Help us have hearts just like the kids today and love you and praise you and be joyous and united together. In your name we pray, amen. All right, church, would you stand up and boldly sing as Caleb leads us.
Thank you, Owen. Wasn't that awesome? All right, I'd like to introduce two of our lift girls, please. If they would come up, please welcome Emily and Kelly. I'll be reading from Romans 12, verses 9 through 16. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. And I'm going to be reading Romans 12, 17 through 21. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, he will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. All right, would you guys bow your heads and pray with me? All right. Lord, please do not fall. Do, please help us to not fall into worldly things like taking our anger and revenge out on others, but instead help us to turn to you and show them your light through us. Your love for us is strong and lives as a fire within us. Help us become lights and overcome the evils of the world with good. Even when life takes over us, God, your love overwhelms us. Help us to not give in to our feelings and emotions in the moment, but instead give us the strength to turn the other cheek and live more like Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, girls. So those girls read those verses because we've been setting respect in Pathfinders this month. So I was wondering if one of my friends would come up here and help me today. Broken, are you here? Would you come up here and help me? <clears throat> because, oh, here you are. Look at that. Hello. Even though I just said it, tell everyone your name. Brogan. Brogan. And I was wondering if you could help Miss Amy a little bit. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay, well, I've been struggling a little bit with understanding the respect thing that we've been talking about. So I was thinking maybe you could help teach me, all right? You could see, maybe they could see on the screen the word respect. We've been talking about showing others that they are important by what you say and do. Not that any of us adults need to work on this either, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was thinking, you build a Lego tower. And you worked really hard on it all day long. And I came along, and I kicked it over. Is that respect? No. No. Why? Because you're um, smashing my tower that I worked on all day. Oh, that's not respect. Okay. Um, you worked really hard on your tap dance routine, right? And I came and I watched you. And you said, Miss Amy, what did you think? Say that. What did you think? And I thought, huh, it was pretty good. I've seen better. <laughs> Is that respect? No. Oh. 
So let's say you do your part in the play here and you work on it. And I sit down there like I do, and then you come up here and you do your part in the play. And I say, that was amazing. I am so proud of you. Thank you for using your gifts. Tell me, did I get it right finally? Yes. Yes. High five. All right. Um, so then Broken and I were talking about a little song that maybe you guys could sing a little part with us. Is that okay? Because it goes something like R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Find out what it means to me. All right, so can you guys say that part with us? You ready? R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Find out what it means to me. <laughs> High five, man. All right, so do some of our other Pathfinder and Flames kids, uh, some of you are going to come up here today. Will you come up here with Brogan, please? Don't worry, we won't make you dance, right? That's for us. <clears throat> Pathfinder kids. Peyton, Mason, can you guys come up here, please? Come on up here closer. Right. Owen, Leah. Oh, here you are. Is Cole up here? Okay. All right. Uh, come up here. Owen, come up here more. Peyton, I need to see you real quick. Mason, come up here. Leah, I can't see you. Come on up here. Okay. So repeat the respect thing, please to the adults, because again, they might need a little bit of this practice that you've been practicing. So can you say this again loud? Respect. Beautiful. How about that? Is that awesome? All right. Can you guys now say your verse? Do we have the verse slide up there? Okay. Say the verse nice and loud, please. Do unto others as you want them to do to you. Luke 6:31. All right, you guys know the drill. Now you have to hide this verse in your hearts too and say it with us, okay? One more time, nice and loud, and you guys join us, please. Beautiful, awesome. Okay, now they are going to lead you in a song of good news, how we can apply this to our lives. All right, are we ready? You guys ready?
Awesome job. So we've been doing this song this month, and it is Mr. Payton's favorite song. So that was a challenge. I hope you guys learned to love that song, too. So some of my Pathfinder kids that are up here, please take a bow. Take a bow. All right, now you guys can go sit back down because I need to talk to some of the Flames girls. All right, so we took a retreat. Yes, you can. We did a retreat with the fourth and fifth graders in January. And um, Emerson, can you tell me a little bit about that retreat? Tell me, um, what did you like about the retreat? There was lots of games and we learned a lot. That's very good. And we did it just a girls' trip this time, right? And it was fun. And what did you hope that was going to happen at the end? Do you remember? Because it started to what? Snow. Snow. And what did you guys hope was going to happen? Um, they may have us stay there. Yeah, they were hoping we would stay there and get stuck there. They were having so much fun. Um, okay, Emerson, you can go to the back. And then um, some of you, well, you want to come up and tell them about what you thought about the retreat. Hi, I'm Megan, and this is what I learned from the Flames Retreat. We learned that everyone in the entire world has a purpose, including you. When you were born, you were born with a purpose. God had a whole plan for you to change the world, even if it was just something small. We listened to songs that made us know about our purpose. We also learned that we should not listen to what other people say bad about us and that we should just be ourselves. I think this part of the retreat stood out the most to me because this happens a lot in my school. We had an assembly that told us to be ourselves. Ever since that assembly, kids at my school have been more themselves instead of trying to be someone else. Another thing that we learned is about some of the brave women in the Bible. One of them was named Rahab. She was a brave girl who let the spies hide on her roof. The spies ended up helping her get her family out of her house when the Israelites made the walls of Jericho collapse. Lastly, my favorite part was being able to hang out with all the girls, especially Miss Brittany. It was fun to get to play games with my friends and be able to learn about the Bible with them. Thank you. Beautiful. All right, Layla. Hi, I'm Layla Joyce. I wanted to talk about the biggest thing we learned first. This is one of the really important things. We learned about purpose. Every single person in this room has a plan and a purpose from God, no matter what it is. Even if you don't know what it is, there's a reason. There's no reason to feel different or bad for not knowing your purpose. Your purpose could be to be a youth pastor like Miss Amy, or it could even be to play worship at the church. I want you all to think about your purpose. What do you think it is? Purpose is not just a job. It, it could be as simple as spreading kindness or generosity. The next thing we learned about was the women from the Bible, such as Rahab. Rahab was a strong woman from the Bible, and she helped people who did she not even have a reason to trust. Joshua sent men to scout the land. These men were in Jericho. Jericho's ruler had one of these men and was searching. Rahab hid them with her trust in God. Instead of fear in Jericho's ruler, she trusted in God and did not feed into Satan. The last thing was to set a fire in your heart. This means to have complete and total trust in him without doubting the Lord. All right, Miss Sammy Girl, tell us about your time at the retreat. Hi, my name is Samantha. The treat, the treat was very fun and eye-opening. We talked about the woman in the Bible. It was very, it was very fun because it was like a big sleepover. We played lots of games, including spoons. Everyone did not want to leave. Why, you may ask? Because it was so fun. We wanted to be snowed in forever. Forever. Awesome. Thank you, Flames Girls. Come on up here. You can take a little bow. All right, you guys can sit down. Thank you. This is why I love my job. This is what I get to do every day. At this time, I would really like to invite our youth worship team up. 
to lead us in a time of worship. You guys can stand on up. Cause you've got a lion inside of 
We give you all our hallelujah today. We praise you and we thank you. We love you. Help us to know that you have put inside of us that lion that is ready to be bold and loud and shine your glory in your name. Amen. All right, you may be seated. I would like to introduce two wonderful and amazing sons of the Father who I have known and loved dearly for so many years, and they um, have something they would like to share with you. So I would like to welcome Caleb and Malachi. Yes, my mom said, this is, I'm Caleb, you know me. This is my friend Malachi. He comes from Old North Church. So we have a bit of a sermon we want to share with you. It's called Two Ways to Live. It's kind of a six-point summary of the gospel, and it really teaches you and puts you in a good perspective of how to live your life. So Malachi's going to open us with prayer. Please bow your heads with me. Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you that Caleb and I are able to come and able to speak your word. Um, please let your spirit descend on all of us. Please help us to be able to speak truth. Please help everyone here just to come, just go away and have learned something new. And um, please help us to continue to glorify you in everything we do for the rest of the weeks, months, and years ahead. In your name I pray. Amen. So um, as Caleb said, I'm gonna, the thing we do is called Two Ways to Live. And it's Six-point summary of the gospel, of the Bible, and everything um, that it talks about. So the first point is that God is the good ruler and creator. The verse that goes with this is Revelation 4.11, which says, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory, honor, and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. In the beginning, God created everything. Genesis 1.1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But if you look at the title, it says what? That God is the good ruler and creator. Because he's the good ruler and creator, that means that everything he made was good. In fact, later on in that chapter, Genesis 1.31, it says, and God saw everything he made, and behold, it was very good. God didn't just create the world. Everything he made was perfect or very good. But creating something has its benefits. If you ever created something, you know that it is yours and you own it. I actually have this hat up here. I knit, and this is one of the hats I make. 
And when I'm done making a hat, I don't wonder if it's mine. No one has to tell me that. I know that it's mine, and I can do with it what I want because I'm the one that made it. Well, it's the same with God. Because God made the world and everything in it, that means the world and everything in it is subject to obey him. After all, if God created us, and he's the one who sustains our lives, um, we owe him everything that we have in life because he made us. Now think about it. It's always nice when you get a gift for Christmas or your birthday, um, when someone gives a gift, um, that you give them a thank you card. Like if I give Caleb a gift for his birthday, it's always nice when he gives me a thank you card for him um, because I gave him a gift and he showed his gratitude for it. How much more should we show our gratitude to the one who literally keeps us alive and breathing each and every day? God is the one that created us, so we need to give all our thanks and honor to him. God, though, made us humans with a special purpose unlike that of any other creature that he created. Genesis 1.26 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our own image, after our own likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the seas, and over the birds of the heavens, and over all the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. The first thing that can be observed here is that we as humans are made in the image and likeness of God. Just think how cool and amazing that is. The all-powerful God of the universe, the one that created everything, we are literally made in his image. It can help us when we can look down on people or think we're better than others to know that they, as well as us, are created in the image of God. Now, the second thing that can be observed in this verse is that we are created to be the rulers over God's world, and we are to nourish and care for it. But if you look at the picture behind me in the first point, you see that humans are not over everything. God still is. God, we are over the world, but God is still our creator and sustainer, the one who gives us life. He is the ruler over everything. God made us to be over his good world yet to be under him. So if we take a step back for a minute and assess everything that we learned here, we learned that God made the world and everything in it good. We learned that God is the ruler of the world and deserves all our honor and praise. And lastly, we learned that God made us to be over his good world, yet to be under him. Now, if we take this at face value, it all sounds great. We should all be living wonderful lives while praising and honoring God. But it's pretty obvious if you just turn on the news for a minute that the world is not in this paradise. So what happened? What went wrong to turn things so obviously on their head? So that leads us into point two, which is our rebellion against God. The verse with that is Isaiah 53, 6a. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us have turned to our own way. So what happened was we started to rebel. We started to leave our, lead ourselves astray. We wanted to live our own life instead of living the life the Father made for us. If you look at the picture, you can see, compared to the first image, we separated ourselves from God and took the crown off of him and put it on ourselves. We want to live our own life. So everything wrong and evil we have done has led back all the way to Adam and Eve when they first sinned. Genesis 3.17 says, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. They rejected God's love, and so have we. We take the crown off of God and put it on us. We become our own rulers, and we live our own life. Let's put ourselves into God's shoes here. 
Has someone ever hurt you or betrayed you and it makes you sad? Have they ever come back and asked for forgiveness? It's hard to forgive that person. Imagine what God goes through each and every day. We sin and betray him. We sometimes ask for his forgiveness, and he gives it to us, and then we betray him all over again. Quick fact, the word rebel is used in the Bible 130 times. However, this common word we use to describe a rebellious attitude is sin. One thing we do to separate ourselves from God is putting distractions up. We make idols and our own little gods and worship those instead of the one person who is there for us the most. When I, when I say idol, you might be thinking of a statue or something more physical. But when I say idol, I, it's anything in our lives we put in front of God. The Bible clearly talks about how that's not okay. Acts 5.29 says, But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. God is who we should be worshiping every single day of our lives. But it's hard. We as sinners are easily led astray and don't put our full attention on God. One verse we have to remember is Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Has there ever been a situation in your life where you know you could have done the right thing but decided to handle it differently? It's easier, right? We find the easy way out even if it hurts God and other people. One thing for sure is that there are consequences for our actions. Our self-rule doesn't work out for us. A quick summary of what I just talked about is that we all reject God from being our ruler and we decide to live life our own way. By rebelling against God, we damage ourselves, each other, and the rest of the world. The question is, what will God do about our rebellion against him? And that leads us into point three, which is God's justice. The verse that goes with that, Hebrews 9.27, which says, Just as people are destined to die once, and after that, face judgment. As we learned in the first lesson, God is good. Everything he created was good. In fact, it was very good. It was perfect before sin ruined everything. But if God is truly good and perfect, he can't just let our sin go without punishment. And this is because of two main reasons. A, it wouldn't be healthy or good for us if he did. And B, it would mean that he wouldn't be a perfect and just God worthy of our worship. So if we take the first reason, it wouldn't be healthy or good for us. Think of a crime that is committed and goes to court. A murderer is tried and brought before a judge and found guilty. But instead of going to prison and facing his just punishment, the judge decides to be nice and let him go. We would all be appalled by this. It isn't healthy for the man because now he isn't facing any judgment for his actions that would make him want to turn his ways. Uh, and if he can get away with murder without any negative effects, what's going to stop him from doing it again, getting himself into more trouble and hurting those around him? And it's unsafe for others around him because now they have a murderer on the loose. Well, it's the same for our sin. Sin hurts ourselves and others around us, and it needs to be dealt with. But the second reason is because it wouldn't be just of him to do so. If he's let our sin go without dealing in our sin in a perfect way, he wouldn't be a perfect God worthy of our worship, praise, and honor. So he enacts his justice through judgment, and he also does this in two ways. Through the immediate punishment we face daily, and a punishment that will happen to us after death. Now the first occurs in the immediate punishment we face daily. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. And our verse, Hebrews 9.27, says, And as just as is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment. 
The punishment we all face in this life is pain and eventually death. The reason we have sickness, sadness, and pain is all because of our sin. It is our punishment for rebelling against God. But that is just one part of our judgment. The second part happens after death. When we die, we will all one day have to stand before God and give an account for what we have done. We will give an account of how we lived our lives, which was rejecting God as ruler and of, our, of the world and of our lives. On that day, we will all get what we want in reserve, which is separation from God forever. But if you remember from the first lesson, God is the creator and sustainer of everything, life and everything that happens in it. If we are separated from God, we will have none of that. Every good thing that you could possibly think of on this earth will be gone from us forever. We will be forever punished in the one place devoid of God's presence, hell. Revelation 14, 11 says that the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever, and they have no rest, day or night. Revelation 20 describes it as a second death in the lake of fire, and Matthew 13 says that there will be great weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is a place without God, and a place we are all headed because of our sin and rebellion against him. Now, this is all hard to hear and accept. If this is true, then we have no hope. It would mean that we're all on a fast track to eternal torment and that the thing on, everything on this world is the only thing we have to look forward to. But thankfully, the story does not end here. In fact, it's just beginning. This leads us into point four, which I think is the coolest part. God sent Jesus to die for us. So the full verse of Isaiah 53, 6 is, We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us have turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Thank goodness we have a loving God. After all the sins and rebellious things we have done, he still comes back to us. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son to save us. As Malachi said, there's punishment on the way. There's our punishment on this earth, which is the result of our sin. Then there's the judgment after death. God never had to send Jesus. He could have just let us die on this earth and then spend eternity in hell. However, this is not the case. God loves us so much, even after everything we have done, that he sent his own son to take up our sins on the cross. The difference between our walk on this earth and Jesus' walk is that Jesus never rebelled. He lived a perfect life on this earth under God's rule. He was always obeying God and thanking him for what he had done. Jesus also taught people about God. He performed miracles, converted many people, and loved everyone because he lived a perfect life. He didn't have to face judgment, and he certainly didn't deserve to die. However, the sinful people of this earth decided to kill Jesus. He could have taken himself off the cross at any time and saved himself. He had powers to heal the sick and raise people from the dead. So why didn't he help himself? Because he loved us. He instead used himself to take up all of our sins on the cross. Jesus took up all the judgment and punishment that we deserve. Death is the punishment for our rebellion, so he died the death we deserve. John 19.30 says, he said, it is finished, and he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Jesus gave us a doorway where we could have the chance to be with him and God for eternity. That is the greatest gift we could ever receive. This gift is undeserved. We still sin, and we still mess up. 
but because of our loving God, he gave us a second chance. This, too, is not the end of the story. This isn't all. And that's where we transition into point five, which is that Jesus is the risen ruler and savior. The verse that goes with this is 1 Peter 1.3, which says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth and a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Here in the first fifth point, we're on the most amazing news of all. Jesus didn't only come, live a perfect life, and die for us, but he also defeated death by being raised again to new life. Remember how he said that if the story had ended at point three, it'd be terrible because we would have no hope? Well, it's the same for point four. If Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, we would still be without hope. We would still be dead in our sins with our lives on this earth, the only thing to look forward to. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 14, if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. In verse 17 of that same chapter, he said, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. Because Christ was raised, we can now know that our sins are forgiven and we now have hope that we too can be raised with Christ. But the raising of Christ is also an amazing showing of power. Romans 6, 9 says that we know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. We know that Christ has been raised from the dead and death no longer has control over him. That also means that if we believe in Christ, death has no control over us anymore. Physical death may one day claim us. It'll claim all of us. But that can't separate us from God. Paul again says in Romans 8, 38 through 39, For I'm sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor powers, nor things to come, nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us from God and his love. We are given new life through his death, and we, we accept this gift of life. We know that we never have to face the ultimate death. But through all this, we have missed the main thing right in the middle of the heading, that Jesus is the risen ruler. God raised Jesus to life so that he not only can save us from our sins, but so that he can be what humanity was originally supposed to be, the ruler of God's world. Just how it shows in the first drawing that God deserves all our praise and honor because he made us. Now here in the fifth drawing, Jesus is the ruler of all because of what he did on the cross for us. God still deserves all our praise and honor, but so does Christ now because God has set him over us. When judgment day comes, Christ will be the one that we answer to. But when that day comes, we can have confidence and we don't have to be afraid. Not because of anything we've done, but because he forgave us and took his sins, our sins, on himself. So if we believe in God, Jesus, God sees us as perfect, sinless beings. Now this news is wonderful because we no longer have to fear what might happen at death, after death, or what people may do to us on this earth. As Matthew 10, 28 says, And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. God has got us, and we are safe forever in his arms if we only believe. So where does this leave us? 
This leaves us at a crossroads with only two paths. This leads us into our final point, which is the same as the title, Two Ways to Live. John 3.36 says, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. As we finish this discussion, we want to leave you with some closing remarks. We learn a lot through this, so I'm going to summarize it a bit. God created a perfect world for us to live in. He created everything good. He even created male and female to have dominion over the earth and ruler. However, we rebelled and turned from God. We decided that we want to live our own lives and continue to sin. However, this doesn't always work out for us. We damage ourselves, the people around us, the world, and even our own relationship with God. God, however, because he is just, will not let our sins go unpunished. There is a judgment day in the future where we will be held accountable for our sins. God could have let us all die from our sins. However, he loved us so much that he sent his son, Jesus. Jesus lived a perfect life on this earth, but was eventually crucified by the sinful people of this earth. Jesus took all of the sin that was ours on the cross with him. Even though he died, we were still going to be held accountable for our sins. It wasn't until he rose from the grave and defeated death. We now have two options here, two ways to live. The first way we could live is to continue to rebel and live our life on this earth. We can ignore God and, and con yeah, sorry. continue to run in the opposite direction. This path might be easier, but eventually that path comes to an end. The result, of this the result of this is judgment from God. We might suffer consequences already, but we will have to have eternal separation from God. We spend eternity in hell, burning and suffering, weeping and gnashing of teeth. No end to this punishment. We cannot even understand the idea of eternity. John 7, 23 says, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Is it really worth living your perfect life here only for Jesus to tell you he never knew you? It's not. The good news is there's another way to live. If you ask for forgiveness from God and put your faith in Jesus Christ, you follow the second path. God uses Jesus' death on the cross as our payment to give us a clean slate. Instead of going to hell on judgment day, we receive an eternity in heaven. James 1.12 says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. If we live for Jesus, it's all worth it. We will have trials on this, on this earth and struggles we run into, but that's because we're not perfect. If you accept Jesus, you no longer rebel against him, but you will become a part of his family. One last thing I would like to share with you is to not be lukewarm in your walk with God. God says in Revelation that if we are lukewarm, he will spit us out of his mouth. It's just as bad as living your own life. Again, there are only two ways to live, not three. The reason Malachi and I preached about this topic is, is because it is so serious. We don't want people to live their own way and have to suffer the consequences. We want people to feel God's love and experience eternal life with him. But the truth is, our faith won't get you into heaven. No pastor, like Pastor Leonard, preacher, or other humans can. It comes down to your walk with God. So, which way will you live? Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. That was amazing. They have left us with an amazing challenge, and we are encouraged by the both of you and how you have chosen to live. So thank you, both of you. Thank you. Let's all thank them again.
I would like two of our lift uh, amazing, two additional amazing sons of the Father to come up here, please. Would Matthew and Josiah please come up here? They're going to continue to share how they have chosen to live. Hello, I am Matthew, and I'll be reading 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 8. His divine power has given us everything we need for our godly life through our knowledge of him who call, called us up by his own glory and his goodness. Through these, uh, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through um, them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith the goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness that mutual affection and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measurement, they will keep you from being infective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 2, 1-5 says this, Therefore, if, any, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one of mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Please bow your heads in prayer with me. God, I just thank you uh, this day you've given us, Lord, to gather here in a church, Lord, and to praise you. Um, like the last line of this verse said, Lord, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, God. Uh, we just ask for forgiveness. Um, oftentimes, we don't have the same mindset as him, and we do that out of our own ambition, God, and we just ask for forgiveness of that, Lord. Um, I pray, God, for each and every one of uh, your people in here, Lord. As we're starting a new week, Lord, I pray, God, that you would just use them um, to honor you, God, and that you would use them in lives uh, for people where their lives are just dark, God, and they have no idea who you are, God. But we have the opportunity, Lord, to just share your word with those people, and we can bring lightness to their darkness world, God. Um, I just pray all these things in your name, Lord, and uh, I'm, amen. Stay up here for a second. So Matthew and Josiah, can we thank them too, please, for a second? So these two, I wanted them to speak at this time, um, knowing we would be challenged with the two ways to live, because they reminded us that, that it's not, nothing grand that we need to do. As Matthew said, we need to love. We need to be kind. My favorite thing about Matthew is how kind he is. And how real he is. And he reminds us that all the time. So thank you. Josiah had re-challenged me this last month of how urgent it is for us to pray together and worship. And in a prayer he said, that's enough. It's time. And so it's time, church, for us to follow the lead of the girls 
the guys, the young kids, Matthew, Josiah, and to choose its time to live with urgency and kindness and choose which way we're going to live. So thank you, guys. Thank you. And I am honored and privileged to introduce the next young man who came up to us boldly in the last six months and told us, I know which way I want to live. And we are so proud of him. So Ethan, Jason, will you guys join me up here, please? First off, I, I just, I just want to say how proud I am to be involved with every one of these kids that are up here today. Um, they, they truly are an inspiration to, to all of us, and uh, I think we all just need to, to thank God, God for that, because uh, we've, we've seen such a change in this, in this church, um, and, and especially with the, with the youth. It's just uh, such an encouraging thing for, for all of us. So all you guys, thank you because you've, you've been, you've inspired us as well. So, um, you know, how many people like change? Some, some do, some do. It, it, the way I see it, there's two types of change. There's good and there's bad. And it all depends on how you look at it, right? So... You know, I think we have the change of, uh, let's say you're painting a room and uh, you have that instant change and you're like, oh, wow, I, I really like that. Or you have the kind of change of, oh, we've never done it that way before. <laughs> but over the past few months, Kendall and I have had the privilege of working with the youth and uh, youth group. And, and I've got to see a, a huge change in, in my friend Ethan here. He... It, it's it's so encouraging to see the the type of change that that you actually see the change in yourself as well. I've seen I've seen Ethan go from a, a, a young man that just wants to is is coming to youth group. You know, maybe it was like me and your mom and dad made you come, um, <laughs> but uh, that that changes. And I've seen the change in, in Ethan actually challenging me with questions that he's asked and it and and you know all of you I know there's a lot of teachers out there and you know you all know that you you don't know it until you can teach it and Ethan has challenged me in that that I don't I I didn't really know it I guess until I could teach it so you know those are the, that's the biggest difference I've seen in Ethan and just his demeanor and the way he acts. And it's just been, it's been an awesome thing to see this change. So uh, I'll give it back to my friend Amy here. <laughs> Ethan, we're proud of you. We love you. Will you come here? We're going to pray with you for a second. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your son, Ethan. We thank you that you have created him with purpose, just like the Flames girls reminded us, you created each one of us with a purpose. Ethan belongs to you, and he wants to tell you how much he loves you and that he accepts you. And we pray a blessing and protection over him. 
We pray that hedge of protection, that promise that light is greater than darkness. Just like you reminded us that you will never, ever leave or forsake us. We thank you that Ethan knows that. That Ethan knows that you love him, that you died for him, you rose for him, and he is now going to live for you. We pray for Ethan. We pray for his family. We praise you that they are here. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Ethan, we would like to ask you, and you can repeat after me, do you believe, say, I believe, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the Christ, Son of the living God, Son of the living God, and I accept him, and I accept him as my Lord and Savior, as my Lord and Savior. Praise Jesus. All right, would the worship team please come up and lead us in worship? with us as we sing. <clears throat> I searched the world But it couldn't fill me empty praise the treasures that fade are never enough and you came along and put me back together and every desire is now satisfied here in your love Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. I'm not afraid to show you my weakness. Failures and flaws, Lord, you've seen them all, and you still call me friend. Cause the God of the mountain is the God of the valley. There's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. Oh, there's nothing. Better than you, oh, there's nothing. Better than you, oh, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. Oh, there's nothing. Better than you, oh, there's nothing. Better than you, oh, there's nothing. Nothing better than you I 
turn crayons into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the There's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. You guys may be seated. you why I want to get baptized. It all started when I was little. I was a super jumpy kid and I was super energetic. Until I got older, then I started asking more and more questions about God. That led to me knowing more about God and trusting God a lot more. Also, I'm still a jumpy kid. Please stand with us again as we sing a song. Sorry, a lot of singing.
may be seated. Good morning. What a glorious day, right? So I have the honor and humbling experience of being able to offer communion with you today. But at first, I just want to um, recognize these young people and what a blessing they are to us Let's give them another round of applause. So, you know, when we see a baptism, I don't know if you're anything like me, but it brings me back to the day that I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. And as we reflect on that, you think back of how you felt that day, accepting the Lord into your life, and how you truly didn't understand what that relationship was going to be like and what that walk was going to look like. But you knew, no matter how we came to accept the Lord Jesus Christ, and our journeys are all windy in every which way, everybody's journey is different. But there's one destination that's the same, and that is to be able to have eternal life in heaven with our Father. And I think that is what we all can relate to when we see young people or anybody accepting the Lord Jesus Christ. Reminds us of our own journey, but our everybody's final destination. So let's prepare our hearts and minds and let's bow our heads in prayer today. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day and we thank you for the many blessings that you're pouring into this church, into the lives of the children, into the lives of all the children of God. Lord, we thank you for this space. We thank you for these souls that fill this space, Lord. We thank you for the continued blessings of your spirit being led here in your kingdom and watching that play out, Lord. We thank you for Ethan and his acceptance into your heavenly kingdom. And Lord, we thank you for the guidance of those around him. But most importantly, Lord, of you working through others. Lord, we take this time at your table, and we thank you, and we are humbled, and we are grateful to sit with you. We're grateful, and we're humbled, and we just are filled with grace and love of your mercy of sending your son to die on the cross for us. Lord, as we partake in these elements, we know they are a representation of your son's blood and body that died on the cross for us. Lord, we thank you for that. And I, the prayer today is that everybody just leaves again at the foot of the cross, everything that doesn't come from you. And as we partake in these elements, let it fill us with your spirit and your guidance and your love and be reminded of your mercy every single day. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen.
Yeah, thank you all for joining us uh, this Sunday. Uh, we have a bake sale down at the community hall down there after sermon. And let me pray with you guys. Please bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this glorious day. Thank you for baptism. Uh, thank you for us youth students that we get to rise up and, have our, and just have our chance to preach your word. 
and be, be, it's such an honor. It really is. It's such an honor to be called your son and your children, Lord. I pray that uh, the church learned something in our sermon today of two ways to live, that they are encouraged to live your way instead of running from you, Lord, because it's an easier path. It really is. I just pray that we all, we all just continue to love you and continue to come to church and just continue to preach word to others and share the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. God bless you as you go.